Let me just run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. When you have health insurance, it's easy to forget about your out-of-pocket costs. That can be a lot of money. But are your bills accurate? Well, it's estimated that over 50% of medical bills contain errors. HealthLock can help you. HealthLock technology securely connects with your insurance and flags any overbilling, wrong codes, and fraud. You can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. To date, HealthLock has helped its members save over $130 million. So to save, visit HealthLock.com today. That's HealthLock.com today. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Congress has until midnight on Friday to pass their omnibus uh, package, or we end up with uh, another shutdown. It's the shutdown standoff or the shutdown shuffle. Uh, as we like to call it, and every year we tend to go through this exact same dance. Joining me right now is our ABC News correspondent in Washington. Andy Field is with us, and Andy, always great to hear from you. Uh, first of all, uh, Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays. Uh, hope everything's going uh, great with you and, your, and the fam. Uh, and same with you and your listeners here. Yeah, we've uh, the government turns into a pumpkin at midnight on Friday if uh, we don't uh, we don't do something. And that we I use the royal we meaning Congress. Uh, the Senate, uh, two retiring senators, a Democrat and a Republican, hammered out a deal that's a fairly good compromise that, that gives each side a little of what they wanted. Uh, it's $1.7 trillion. I, There's no way you can wrap your head around how much money no. that is. It, it's a trillion just, here, a trillion there. Eventually, a giant, about big money. giant, giant number. <laughs> and... Uh, more than half of that is going to the military. And you're probably going, wait a minute, didn't they just pass a military spending bill? Yeah. And I would say, yes, they did. But even that's not enough to contain the military budget because they added another $800 billion in this one. In fact, it's more money than goes into all what they call the non-military uh, uh, discretionary spending for food stamps, for child education, for college aid, for veterans' help, for funding the Capitol Hill police for all the things that they actually need to do to make government run or to help people at the lower ends of society not starve to death. Uh, all that stuff's in there, too. 
the child tax care, uh, the child tax credit that helps so many middle income and lower income families get through the pandemic with enough money to pay for child care so they could actually go to work. That's not in this bill. Uh, there are other big tax breaks that they wanted in there that are not in this bill because something's got to pay for this thing. So yeah. now it's up to the Senate to vote on this thing, and it looks like they're close. But get ready to throw a monkey wrench into the works because Kevin McCarthy, the man who wants to be Speaker of the House, and many of Republicans in the House are now threatening their fellow Republicans in the Senate saying, if you vote for this thing, you're not going to get what you want when we're in charge of the House and we start passing bills. Uh, a little like the 12-year-old schoolyard bully saying, I'm going to take my ball and go home if you don't play by my rules. Uh, now, the reason they're saying this to the Senate is because the Senate, uh, if the Senate passes this, it's almost certainly passing the House because yeah. you need that 60-vote supermajority in the Senate, which means you need at least 10 Republicans to join all the all the Democrats. So... Andy Field, our ABC News correspondent in Washington, help me understand this. Uh, Kevin McCarthy is not happy with the with the bill. Fine, whatever. Uh, the minority party is never happy with the spending bill, so that's just just par for the course. But the threat is that if the Republicans in the Senate pass this bill, then McCarthy will not will not what, pass a Republican friendly bill in the future. That doesn't make any sense to me. Sounds like he's cutting off his nose well, to spite he, his face. He won't. He won't pass a bill that many Republican senators may want to pass or pass their pet projects. Uh, it, it, uh, it, it is the most childish thing I've ever seen in yeah. Congress. Saying, "Don't vote your conscience. Vote with the party and and march in lockstep with me," uh, because he yeah. he wants to basically get one of these continuing resolutions to pass, so that. In a week or so, when the Republicans take control of the House by about four votes, mm. uh, they can now start throwing monkey wrenches in there and force all these changes. I see. Because the House will now have the power, if everyone votes and locks up in the House of the Republican Party, uh, to get rid of all this terrible spending for child education and low-income families and food stamps and things that, uh, for some reason, Republicans don't seem to like, or at least the majority of them in the House. Yeah, and I'm sure to cut taxes, but certainly not cut the spending on the military. It seems to me like this is a pretty good bill uh, from a, a bipartisan standpoint, right? I mean, it's not cutting the taxes, but there's also plenty of military spending in there. I would think that both parties are sacrificing, and both parties are getting a little bit. Uh, certainly both parties would like more uh, of one side or the other, but that's kind of what compromise is about. What are the Republicans in the Senate saying? I mean, are they listening to... Tim McCarthy, or are they are they ready to, to no, press forward with something that's pretty moderate? A lot of them have spoken out against him, basically saying the response that I just articulated, which sounds like a childish schoolyard bully, and we're going to vote our conscience, not what Kevin McCarthy tells us to do. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. Well, hopefully we get that uh, that passed. It, it, how? What's our timeline on this? Are we expecting to see this uh, wrap up here before well, this we, uh, we, 11th we hour? We might be. We thought there might be some votes tonight, but in about uh, 15 minutes, we're going to hear from uh, Vladimir Zelensky, the president of Ukraine, in a special joint meeting of Congress. And by the way, there's a very big distinction. It's not a joint session. It's a joint meeting of Congress. The joint session is reserved for presidential speeches. And, and, you know, it's semantics, but apparently it's a big deal on Capitol Hill. 
Phil, there could be votes tonight. There could be votes tomorrow. There, there have to be votes before midnight on Friday or else, as I mentioned, uh, government turns into a pumpkin and the lights turn off for Christmas. Oh, then it turns into such a mess, Andy. You and I have both seen that happen before where it's like, uh, okay, well, some people are not going to get paid and some parks are not going to open, but then we are going to figure this out after uh, two days, three days, three weeks, whatever it might be, and then everyone that didn't work and wasn't getting paid will be getting back pay for the three weeks that they didn't work. Uh, we've seen that yeah, free, play out time and time again. vacation courtesy of your tax dollars. 100% the way it works out. And all it does is just create havoc for those people for that three weeks. Uh, even though they're on this, you know, they're going to get paid. It's going to be a vacation. If they don't have an emergency fund, it turns into a real mess. Andy, always yeah. great to hear from you. Always great to hear from you. you. Thank you so much for have covering the time. Well, you too, bud. Always good to hear from you. Yeah. I, got to, I want to talk a little bit more about the one of the other things that's in this bill is the Electoral Count Act. And I don't think this is what Kevin McCarthy is going to get hung up over. But they threw this Electoral Count Act into the omnibus package to try to get it pushed through. And as McCarthy was talking about pet projects and things like that, this has been a, a, a pet project for some members of Congress and for the Senate. Uh, that want to see an update to the Electoral Count Act of 1887. So the Electoral Count Reform Act, the uh, ICRA, is part of the omnibus bill. doesn't have a whole lot to do with spending, but it's been thrown in with the omnibus bill. Basically what it does here is it takes a look at what happened in 2020, and it says, uh, well, that was a mess. Uh, And then it takes a look at the January 6th of 2021 events, and it goes, well, that was a bigger mess. And it sort of tweaks the rules a little bit. So Susan Collins from Maine, a Republican from Maine, who many Republicans say is like a Democrat, and Joe Manchin, who's a Democrat from West Virginia, who many Democrats say is like a Republican, uh, got together and they led negotiations on this uh, this summer and they pushed uh, for it in the fall. They got Chuck Schumer and uh, Mitch McConnell to wake up from their pleasant slumbers, to set aside their tapioca pudding, and to come together on this uh, electoral college uh, reform act and they both agree on it 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 makes a few modifications simple modifications and that instead of having one person from the house and one person from the senate uh, who want to argue with the results uh, of, of the uh, electoral college it's going to take 20 percent from the house and from the senate so it raises the threshold but it doesn't even raise the threshold beyond 50 percent to oppose just raises it to 20 percent to uh, to even raise a flag this way you don't have one or two rogue representatives and senators. You can't have a Marjorie Taylor Greene get together with a, a Ted Cruz or a Lauren Boebert get together with uh, uh, Madison Cawthorn at the time. He's gone now. Uh, and then uh, and then throw a fit over uh, what's happening, right? It, it's, it says let's have – let's make sure that this is something that's got some significance and that it's not some rabble-rousers who are trying to, to make a mess. So it also does something else. In authorizing funds to the pre- the presidential transition uh, teams, so suppose that the election is not necessarily decided after what is it five days? I think uh, it allows for the the the, the transition uh, to issue funds to both parties. If one party doesn't concede and the in the election is close, it would allow for that 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 transition team to allocate funds to both parties to prepare should uh, they be victorious in whatever the court challenges or the recounts or whatever else that might be. There were some issues in the in the 2020 election where President Trump said that he's got uh, enough uh, 
He's got enough steam. He's got enough evidence that uh, that they, there shouldn't be money released to uh, President Biden. This would have allowed for President Trump to receive some of those funds uh, during the transition period until it was decided and and you know eventually Congress would vote on it. I thought that was kind of an interesting uh, twist on that. All right, we'll talk more about Much Ado in L.A. Uh, in just a few, including. Um, the COVID vaccinations still a sticking point. Next, Chris Merrill in for John Ken, KFI AM six forty. More stimulating talk. Steve Gregory in the KFI newsroom. Steve, uh, big day today. You know, I talked with uh, uh, Blake in the last hour about the homelessness in uh, in LA, and uh, we've got some some uh, some beds that are opening up. Some some of the homeless headed to motels. Well, uh, yeah, you know, Blake was covering a, a different angle. What I've been working on is this little known. Uh, committee. They call it the Homeless Strategy Committee, and the uh, city has had this committee in place since 2018, and they are bound by state law to report the number of open beds every year. I just happened to get in on one of their conference calls the other day uh, in which they were giving their report to their commission and their committee, and it's very interesting because uh, we find out that in the last fiscal year, um, there were 16,640 open beds in Los Angeles. Hmm. Uh, or uh, let me put it this way. That's how many beds are allocated for the homeless. Of okay. those, 12,077 are filled. Um, okay. And it's, that's about 2,500 more beds this year than last year. All right. Is that for the whole year? That's, that's every night there's that many beds available and that many that's filled on average. In total, as of last week... Um, there are 12,077 people in in beds. I see. Okay. And uh, of that, you know, so there's roughly close to 4,000 open beds as we speak. Yeah, 25%, whatever it might yeah. be. So there's, there's lots of beds out there. Why are people not using those beds? Well, you know, um, having covered this topic for many years uh, and interviewed many homeless people about it, mm-hmm. really what it boils down to is homeless people do not want to be uh, restrained. They don't want to follow rules. They don't want to be told when to go to bed, when to get up. Uh, they don't want to be told when they can drink, when they can smoke. They don't want to be told if they can bring their pets in. Uh, they want to be able to have all their stuff with it, with them, not just 50 pounds of it, but all of it. Uh, during the eviction at Echo Park, uh, Lake Echo Park, uh, you know, earlier this year in March, um, Part of the sticking point for a lot of those homeless people that were living in there, there were 200 tents, by the way, in that park in downtown Los Angeles, and they had built themselves a commune there. They had a kitchen, right. they had showers, they had the whole nine yards. And when they were told they were going to have to get into some sort of housing, um, they said, okay, fine. And they're like, well, you'll only be able to bring 50 pounds of stuff, your clothes, whatever belongings you have, you're limited to 50 pounds. Because what they do is they put them in those trash dumpsters, those portable ones you pull out to your the end of your sidewalk. Yeah, the wheelie cards, yeah, the right? wheelie ones, right? Yeah. And so basically whatever fits into that is the only is all that you're allowed to take. Well, some of these people had, you know, tents and tents filled with just stuff uh, from yeah. clothing to bicycle parts to electronics or whatever, you, you know. So a lot of people don't want to go into those houses. And then no drugs, no alcohol, uh, doors close at 10, Doors reopen at 6 a.m. And so a lot of them were like, we're not going to do that. We're better off on the streets on our own, being our own people. Feeling free, right? Some yep. autonomy exactly. when you're on the street. Yeah. yeah, their own agency, so to speak. 
Uh, okay, so that's interesting. So, what is, is the city going to do anything about that? Is this uh, is this going to be moot after Mayor Bass's grandiose plans come to come to fruition, well, or is this going to be an ongoing issue? As you know, on uh, you've been covering issues like this for many years. You know, Chris, that uh, talk is cheap, and yep. you're going to see. You know, you can make all kinds of grandiose promises. Um, I'm wondering how long it's going to be before they quit blaming the pandemic for everything. Uh, because that was one of the things that came up in this meeting I sat in on about the fact that everything's been screwed up because of the pandemic. But in reality, during the pandemics, when you had Operation Room Key and Home Key hitting its fever pitch, so you had a, a record number of beds available. And I remember pe- uh, speaking with hotel owners in the San Fernando Valley who had uh, one guy in particular in a in a motel. He only had, I think, 12 or 13 rooms and they were all open, and he was getting paid $200 per room per night to have them available. And he went, as when I spoke with him, he went six months without filling a bed. Wow. And he was getting paid that money uh, for Project Room Key uh, through all of that grant money. Um, that was during the height of COVID. So huh. people, but people were not going into those beds. And do you still have to clean the rooms? I mean, you're being paid, yeah. but at the same time, they're not really being used. Well, any long-term housing, because I asked about that, long-term housing, yep. if they've got uh, housekeeping services, any long-term housing like that, after uh, it's automatic after three days, and then there's a complete cleansing after seven days. So like uh, okay. carpets and all that, if you're in a long-term housing scenario. But an issue with that, too, again, they have rules. You can't go in there and start hanging stuff on the walls and putting up shelves and you right, know, right. ripping up the carpet and putting down tile. You know, you can't do stuff like that. So uh, hotel owners were very skittish about that. But then when they started seeing that money coming in because they weren't, those rooms weren't being used because of the pandemic. So they were getting paid to keep these rooms empty and available for homeless people. And some of these were pretty upscale hotels. You know, you had Holiday Inns. You had, uh, there were a couple kind of quasi-Hilton properties. So you had some that were um, some pretty high-end hotels that were making themselves available. And then it was also causing a kind of a cultural problem because you had some hotel properties that had homeless people in the lobbies and you had other people that were like gold members and, you know, standing in line over here. And then you got the homeless people over here. Uh, So you had some interesting dynamics there, but um, this is going to be very interesting as I watch these, these uh, numbers here. So in the last fiscal year, out of all of these houses, all these shelter beds, all these uh, beds that are available, 322 people were able to exit the system altogether and become self-sufficient. Out of the 12,000? Mm-hmm. That were... Oh, that's not a good statistic. We want to see that number much higher than that, right? I mean, don't isn't that the whole point? Is that yeah. we're going to help you uh, get through things? We'd like to see, of the 12,000 beds that are being occupied on average, we'd like to see at least 9,000 of those people kind of moving through the system. But I was not able to ask the question as to how many people have been in these beds for how long. Now, are we talking, okay. you know, are we talking what's the average length of stay? And that's not, yeah. that's not something I was able to Great ask. Uh, it, was, it was in a listen-only mode. But... Um, but you've got this issue that's very pervasive, and they said there's construction underway of more shelters, which will add another 2,500 more beds in the coming fiscal year. Um, and they credit Tiny Home Villages and Project Room Key as to uh, as to why those numbers are starting to increase. So, um, but but back, will they get used is the question, right? Yeah, back so to that just because question, they're there. Yeah, back to yeah. that question you asked. Presumably with Governor Newsom's care court, 
that's supposed to help maybe get people into housing. But then you've got temporary housing. Then you've got what they call provisional housing uh, and and semi-permanent housing. Uh, there's all kinds of different levels of housing because some people need mental health treatment while they're in this housing. Others are just families who are down on their luck. You've got all kinds of different tiers of homelessness. And sure. that's also a big challenge. Steve Gregory uh, from the KFI Newsroom. Steve, it's always great talking with you. I love not only uh, that we're getting the information, but some perspective and some context around it as well. Always good to have you on. Thank you so much, Steve. Take uh, care, Chris. And, uh, yeah, we'll uh, talk to you soon there, friend. Uh, let's check on news. Chris Merrill in for John and Ken, KFI EM640. We're live everywhere in your IR radio app. Day in, day out, you work for every paycheck. You take pride in your job and you do it well. You're not just part of the Golden State's economy. You are essential. For all you give, it's time to get something back. Put money in your pocket by filing your taxes and claiming the California Earned Income Tax Credit. It's yours. You earned it. Find out if you qualify at caleitc4me.org. That's caleitc4me.org. During the, the program, I always I always keep an eye on what's, uh, uh, what's trending and things like that. And I just saw, oh, it just disappeared on me. I just saw something that was trending. I think it was Dom's. Uh, Dom's was trending, as in Dominatrix. Uh, I know why. I didn't. I didn't even have to follow up. I know why Dominatrix is trending, and um, uh, it's all thanks to Florida. I've got that story. I'll, I'll share that with you here, uh, coming up at about four fifty-ish, four fifty-two-ish, whatever it might be. Uh, Big story that came out yesterday, or I guess late last night, and then was the, the you know top story this morning, had to do with the uh, the release of Donald Trump's tax returns. Uh, the House Ways and Means Committee uh, got together and they hashed out uh, whether or not the, the tax returns should be released to the public, and on a party line vote, they decided yes. Uh, the Democrats said no. It's in the best interest of the American people to see what's in the in the tax returns. And the Republicans said, if you do this, it's all political, and we'll get even. So, just politics as usual on Capitol Hill. And that was their that was their big thing. So they voted to release Trump's tax returns to the public, and then blah blah blah. There's gnashing of teeth, and then there were excuses and excuses, and then the world stopped spinning, and then we all died. And here we are again, and nobody cares. I just don't care. This is just fodder. And far be it from me to dismiss that fodder. So here's uh, Representative Richard Neal um, in uh, the most uh, bland terms possible. Uh, Eric, if you can play the, the Trump tax returns cut, uh, here he is. This is the big announcement uh, that uh, the committee voted in favor of releasing them. Go ahead. Let's, let's listen to the fanfare. Have, Mr. Chairman, on this vote, I have 24 yeas, 16 noes. There being 24 ayes and 16 noes, the motion to submit the committee report to the House is agreed to, and the documents are ordered reported to the House. Pursuant to Clause 2L of Rule 11, without objection, members will have two additional days to file with the committee clerk supplemental dissenting or minority views. Without objection, the staff is authorized to make technical corrections to the report and to redact sensitive, personal, identifiable information such as social security numbers, street addresses, personal identification numbers, and banking information. Woo! Nailed it! Yeah! Stick that in your pipe and smoke it! Congress gets excited. Woo! Yeah! Oh, God, it's 
sometimes Congress is the most boring place on earth. In fact, I would say that 98% of the time, Congress is the most boring place on earth. When something that is big news can be reduced to something so boring, uh, just outstanding, really. It's it's amazing that 85% of the country doesn't pay attention to what Washington does because it's so boring. All right, so what did we find out from the 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 uh the tax returns being released? Uh not a whole lot. The committee released a 29-page report summarizing the investigation into the IRS policy that mandates audits of returns filed by presidents and vice presidents. So, uh the IRS and maybe you didn't even know this, the IRS is required to audit the president and vice president for their taxes. And what did we find out? For the first two years that he was in office, the IRS did not audit President Trump. The IRS didn't do it. The IRS broke the IRS rules. Can you imagine if you and I broke IRS rules? There'd be hell to pay. What happens when the IRS breaks IRS rules? Meh. I don't care. What's going to come of this? Meh. Nothing. The Democrats are going to try to make hay of this. They're going to, I can't believe, the IRS is in the bag. Why didn't the IRS do it? They're going to want to launch this big investigation, but they only have, uh, what's the 21st? They only have 10 days left and I don't know, like uh, six of those days are holidays and weekends. So uh, they're not going to be able to do squat. The Republicans certainly aren't going to launch an investigation into why the IRS didn't audit former President Trump. So that's not going to happen. So basically, eh, nothing. Nothing will come of it. The Senate could probably try to do something if they wanted to, but I don't think the Senate's going to... At some point, they have to move on from former President Trump. In the same way, I used to listen to Rush Limbaugh back in the uh, early 2000s, and I I just remember thinking, as I was listening to Rush, I was just getting into radio at the time. I wasn't doing talk radio, but I would listen to to Rush. He was on the station that my my radio group at the time owned, and he was on here at uh, KFI as well at the same time. And, And I just remember listening to Rush... And he kept talking about Clintons, 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 Clintons. It's like 2002, 2003. He's still talking about the Clintons, the Clintons, the Clintons. I just thought, boy, at some point, he's going to have to move on. Likewise, at some point, both the Republicans and the Democrats are going to have to move on from Trump. They're just going to have to just just put it in the past. Now, part of the reason it's not is because uh, former President Trump likes to keep himself in the in the spotlight. And so as long as he is up for the the game, everybody else is happy to oblige. Uh, So what did we find out? Um, We found out that he didn't pay any income tax in 2020. He claimed a bunch of losses, over $4 million in losses, paid zero in income tax. Not really surprising since in 2020, a lot of people lost money because of the pandemic. In 2019... Uh, he made $4 million and paid 133000 in taxes. I know that doesn't sound like uh, 20 or 25% or even 18% or whatever they lowered the tax rate to. Uh, he didn't even pay that. In 2018, he claimed $24 million in income and paid just shy of a million dollars. So that's 1 24th of his income, which seems a lot less than whatever the current tax rate is. Whatever. So we released the tax returns, and what do we find out? Uh, 
Rich people have really good accountants. And they know how to hide money. I'm stunned. I'm as shocked as anybody. How does that how is that even possible? What? Uh, more detailed returns are likely to be made public later this week, according to uh, Representative Brendan Boyle, Democrat from Pennsylvania, saying the actual returns themselves will be transmitted to the full House and become public. But I was told it will take a few days to a week in order to redact some of the info that needs to be redacted. I bet it takes longer than that, because remember when uh, uh, former President Trump trotted out those tax returns and it was, you know, it was stacked up to your shoulders in uh, piles uh, that were, uh, I don't know, three or four boxes deep. And uh, and six or seven boxes high, yeah. It's going to take a little more than than a day or two to to redact any personal information out of those. Uh, but just the same, uh, here's my gut from everything about the taxes. <sighs> Nobody cares. Nobody cares. He's not the president anymore. We're not finding anything groundbreaking. We find out he didn't pay as much in taxes as what he probably should have, or the rest of America would have paid. Yep. That's how it works when you're rich. You get to do that. You wrote the rules. You wrote the rules in your own favor, did the wealthy, not him specifically. Uh, and uh, and lo and behold, they take advantage of the rules that they wrote. Shocker. I, it, 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 are, we, are we upset? Just as upset as we've always been that those who are rich and famous find loopholes in their own laws. And what's our biggest problem? We're jealous. I wish I were rich and famous and could pull that off, but I can't. I can't even afford my accountant who's going to screw me over every year. All right, I'm going to tell you why Dominatrix, or Doms, was trending on Twitter this afternoon. That is next. Chris Merrill in for John and Ken on KFI AM 640. We're live everywhere in your iHeartRadio app. Doms was trending on Twitter earlier. Uh, Doms, short for Dominatrix. Not exactly sure what prompted this visit from uh, futuristic dominatrix, dominatrixes, dominatrix? What is plural of dominatrix? Mark, do you know what is plural of dominatrix? I assume it would be dominatrices, just like other words that end with that. Dominatrices. Okay. Um, Not really sure why uh, uh, the city council visit from the dominatrices uh, was going on, but in Florida, do we really need a reason for it to happen? No. In Fort Lauderdale, the city commission meeting was open to public comment, and that is when three, three, we assume women, they were in full shiny leather outfits, like they're in a costume from a 1970s sci-fi B-movie. I believe that the, hold on, I've got the Miami... Uh, the Miami New Times um, described them uh, thusly. Uh, a shiny silver suit, futuristic monoblock glasses, and candy apple red lipstick on the speaker, uh, as well as her daft punk doppelganger cohorts were there to propose that the city commission set aside a, a chunk of the $1 million that they allotted in a recently approved yard waste processing plan. For what did they want this uh, money set aside? Well, I've got the audio. Uh, Eric, go ahead and play that. Good evening. Good evening. Mm-hmm. And? <clears throat> <clears throat> yes, go ahead. Good evening, council peoples. Yes. You may call me mistress. Oh, 
right? I am here standing neutral to the motion approving an agreement for the proprietary purchase of yard waste processing and disposal. I do, however, find it interesting that you will spend almost $1 million to hide your secrets down the drain. Mm-hmm. Hiding that condom I know you used to cheat on your spouse with. So, I propose that you use a quarter of that mill to support doms and subs in Broward County to build a dungeon created for us by us, the taxpayers and voting citizens. FUBU dungeon, yeah. In closing, do not let this glamorous look distract you from doing your duty to take my demand. I look forward to spanking each and every single one of you at the new esteemed dungeon. You are dismissed. Okay, thank you. Thank you. Happy holidays to you. (laughs) Anyone else wish to speak? There being none. uh, City manager, are there any districts that have a dungeon? Oh, this is a good question from one of the other council members. Thank you. I thought there was one at the Sapphire. No, 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 please. I, I know there were a couple you. of proposed clubs of a variety of natures from a couple of years ago. I thought they were mostly in District 2, though. Mostly. We have a lot of things going on in District 2, um, <laughs> but no, I don't think we have uh-huh. any dungeons. But um... That's fantastic. So then the council members just start throwing barbs at each other's districts. That's great. You know, we don't have any uh, we don't have any dungeons. Don't, don't you have some dungeons over on your side there, uh, Eddie? Oh, you know, I don't think we have any dungeons. I'll, I'll check into that. It's great. So Florida, God bless Florida. We're just a run-of-the-mill uh, city council meeting. Uh, turns into women in full, full shiny, I don't know, vinyl of some sort. I don't know what it was, uh, who are demanding dungeons. Love it. God bless the New Times, too, because they, they did the important groundwork and tried to understand what in the hell just happened. Uh, it appears, according to the New Times, the women were not there for their own pleasure, but as part of a marketing stunt for a new fetish nightclub opening in Miami. Don't know which district that's in. Uh, the women were recently spotted handing out business cards for the CraveX Miami nightclub near Miami International Airport. Uh, Crave also posted a clip from the commission presentation on their Instagram account. Other clips at the Instagram show a woman whip in hand inquiring uh, of a gas station employee whether the quick shop purveys 20-inch dildos. Another features an amply endowed woman's breasts propelling a man in a wheelchair through a Walmart. I would like to just real quick, as we wrap up 2022 and we look forward to 2023, <clears throat> I, I just, I, I want to say that in 2023, we need more Florida. Um, not necessarily their politics, because they're just, they're just, they're just off kilter in Florida. But we, we just need more Florida in general. It's just a, just a wealth of, of entertaining events happening there in Florida. So a New Year's resolution, 2023, more Florida. All right. It is wild how much we know that we should be better stewards of the environment. And yet, we really don't do a very good job. And the bad news is, as a result, your side salad may be tainted. 
It's next. Chris Marilyn for John and Ken. KFI AM 640, uh, live everywhere on your iHeartRadio app. Let me run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and two-door cinema club. See new things. Try new things. Go back centuries while living in the moment. Forge new paths while discovering old ones. Pedal, paddle, and paint while trekking, tasting, and tailoring experiences that transform you into a better version of yourself. Immerse yourself in the world by activating your mind, your heart, and your body on a river cruise exclusively from Avalon. Avalon Waterways. Save with limited time offers at AvalonWaterways.com. Avalon is cruising. Elevated.